your favorite cartoon characters will help you understand how drugs and alcohol can ruin your life. So watch the program. Talk about it with your family. Welcome to special presentation with Mike and Ethan, or... Elf will not be seen tonight. Last week, I introduced Mike to the wonderful but somewhat predictable in some ways world of Transformers. Today, all bets are off, because today we have watched Transformers the movie, and that is where everything changed for the entire series. <laughs> yeah. So uh, last week, um, I think I mentioned that having never seen Transformers the movie, I had some preconceptions about this. And um, uh, in some ways... Was it based on having seen the My Little Pony movie? I think a little bit based on that. Because um, ba- I, I kind of... I, I was, I've always been very surprised at the fact that these movies went to theaters because, you know, I think probably cause uh, I don't know about you, but I always think of the movie theater as like, Oh, the, that, that sacred temple of cinema, only the <laughs> finest uh, of, of uh, uh, pictographic entertainments will go there. And I've always thought of these films like, Oh, this is garbage to sell toys to kids. It, it would just be on TV, right? They didn't send to theaters. And then I found out, no, um, G.I. Joe the movie, My Little Pony the movie, Transformers movies, they all went to theaters. And, um, or at my, least that was the plan. That was the plan. I think they didn't because um, they, this was it because the Transformers underperformed the G.I. Joe did not go to the theater, I believe. Yeah, it was yeah, it was because Transformers underperformed that G.I. Joe did not go to the theater, and it was because of certain other elements of Transformers that G.I. Joe was the movie was altered because there were certain things, certain traumatic events that they didn't want to have to go through again. Yes. Okay. So, um the My Little Pony movie is essentially just a long episode of the cartoon series. Um, yeah. I would I mean the the stakes are higher the the pony the castle where do, where is it that they live Oh the ponies I think they live yeah they live in the Starlight Castle or Yes yeah Starlight Castle gets re- relative basically destroyed and they have to move into Paradise Estate which was the new the new playset they were selling Yeah but um My Little Pony the movie uh I think you could compare it's basically du- like DuckTales the movie in that, yeah. yeah, it's basically a long episode, and um, it's not a bad film. It's actually, I actually really like My Little Pony the movie. I think it's a fun. Yeah, I like it too. Yeah, yeah, it's it's fun. The they got some good villains in it. Um, oh, they're and, a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, the villains are great in that. And so, in all in all, it's it's an enjoyable film. But it's but it's very obvious they were they were not they were not trying to like do anything different. They're like, look, we got to sell toys to kids. Just make a big ep- long episode. Um, 
Transformers the movie is um okay so so I was when I started watching this I was I was surprised because I expected again it's going to be like a long episode with some new characters that they want to sell the new toys and there there is a lot of that there are all these new characters there're way too many to keep straight so I was like Half of this, I was pretty confused what was going on again. Um, but uh, it's also very clear that they did not just want to do more of the same. They were like, look, we're this is a movie. We, we want like movie stuff to happen. So the stakes are higher um, and there are consequences in this movie. And things happen that are unexpected for a kid's film. Uh, so props to them because they clearly wanted to push some envelopes in this, and yeah. um, you know, um, it's it's actually kind of disappointing. The things that it's it's one of those things where when I watched it, I was like, there are things in this that work really well, and I I'm just disappointed because all in all, I feel like it didn't quite hold together. It was like there's so many parts in this that are bonkers or weird or un incomprehensible or just kind of ch chintzy Saturday morning animation, but there are also parts of this that are like really, really hit home well. So um, you really, I feel like it could have been like so much better, but as it is, it's yeah. still like a fascinating, um, uh, it's just fascinating, I guess. Yeah. And even, you know, even the most dedicated Transformers fan will probably not argue that Transformers the movie is a great movie. But it's a worthy movie. It's a movie that you should be should be watched and should be you know examined with the eye of a uh, of a cinema fan. You should because there are, I don't know if there's anything there that people would be like, oh, you see this shot? He took that from Transformers the movie. That seminal epic. But that's uh, say, but there there's something here. There was a lot of. Uh, you know, uh, so many talented people put their all into this movie that, you know, it would be impossible for it to not turn out to at least be something you could watch. Yeah. Um, I think a big problem with it or not, maybe, maybe this is unfair, but like there is so much happening in this. And oh, yeah. I mean, a lot of it is, is fascinating and like weird and like, I, I, and you kind of want to see more of it, but they're also just like so disconnected from each other that it's like, look, I feel like, you know, you were trying to get like, you were trying to have too much happen in this and, mm -hmm. um, and, and some things just, well, anyway, uh, so you feel it would help, but help to narrow the focus. Yes, that's exactly it. It's like, look, um, the Unicron thing fucking amazing. Epic. You yeah. know, uh, <laughs> that, that like works so well. You know, and and I'm not like, look, and I, I know what Unicron is. Even before I saw this thing, I knew, oh, yeah, he's that giant planet that eats other planets. Yeah. And that's well, not what I mean. Yeah, that's supposed to be the big reveal in this movie that you're like, oh, my God, it's a Transformer itself. But they showed him transforming in the trailers. So, oh, really? OK. Yeah, because I did not see the trailer. So I did actually not know that Unicron turns into a robot at the end. So oh, really? Oh, yeah. Okay. So when I saw that, I actually was like, holy shit, that that's a cool twist because I didn't expect that at all, which is stupid in retrospect. But <laughs> I, I really did think the Unicron was just a planet. I didn't realize that he would transform into a transformer as well. So that actually like 
when I saw that, I was like, oh, yeah, holy shit. Um, so it's a good thing I didn't see the, the trailers, I guess. <laughs> but but the concept, like, you know, of like, oh, he's like a planet killer. It's like, all right, I mean, we've seen that with like, I don't know, Galacticus or Nigh Omnipotus yeah. or, you know, there's like, <laughs> there's a lot of characters that are like that. So it's not like the concept was like, oh, my God, going to blow my mind. But they did it really well in this, you know, because mm-hmm. um, like when they first have Unicron appear and, you know, it's kind of it's not like s- Saturday morning animation. You know, it's slightly better. Right. You're talking about the very beginning, the here, very beginning. Yes. We see we see Unicron passing through the, the stars and you have no idea what you're looking at. Until it comes real close to the camera, and there's just this rush of metal, 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 and you get suddenly realize, oh my god, I am looking at something absolutely huge. Yes, and <laughs> that was so good, this, you know, because because you yeah. know, like like we said, the animation is only a hair's breadth above Saturday morning cartoons. But I was really impressed with that because it's like, oh, they really drove home just how absolutely ginormous this Unicron guy is, you know, with a yeah. little bit of you know, a little, a cle- bit of clever uh, camera work, you might say. So, you know, from the beginning, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm, this is, this is going somewhere. This is interesting. Um, what this movie feels like is if Heavy Metal and Robot Colonel shook hands and decided to become Star Wars. Yeah. Um, I have said before that I'm very big into vibes movies, and uh, this movie was pretty vibes. Um, I think there was still, there was too much going on to, you know, they required too much concentration to quite be a vibes movie, but you know, the music in this, it's got like this, oh, yeah. it's got this great butt rock soundtrack through the whole thing. Um, yeah. Every, every song sounds like it's by limousine. Yeah. So, you know, you're just rocking out whenever like the transformers are just driving and it's just like, rah, 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 rah. yeah, you know, so iron birds of fortune, uh, it's, it's good. You know? So I was like, yeah, this is, um, you know, this, I could rock out to this. Um, and you know, there's a lot of cool imagery in this, um, especially. Okay. So this opening scene though, is I gotta say, it's probably one of the best things about the whole movie. I mean, they, they opened hard cause yeah, they open hard because you know, you don't know what this enormous thing is. And then we zoom in on a planet and and then we and we realize that this is, you know, through subtle design cues, you can tell that this is another planet of robots, but they're it's not Cybertron because these robots do look very different from the Transformers that we know. Yeah. Yeah. And there are some other things. There are female and child robots running around. Did you notice the two little kids playing tag? Yeah. Um, now there are no kid transformers, right? That that we know uh, of. There kind of are. I mean, you met one in this movie, Wheelie. Oh, he's a kid. Yeah, you can't really tell, but Wheelie is supposed to be like a feral child. Oh, I thought he was just like a little guy, like a leprechaun or something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Wheelie was for a long time the most hated character in Transformers. Is he like the scrappy do of Transformers? Yeah, people hated him because he took Bumblebee's role in the third season. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Um, so there, are, there is a lady Transformer in this. There's R, R D or R, R C. R C. Yeah, 
Okay, let's talk about the names here. Now, in the old show, in the previous season, you had names like, you know, Huffer, Gears, Mirage, uh, Blue Streak, Prowl. Uh, these were all words. <laughs> and the Decepticons had names like Starscream, Skywarp, Blitzwing, you know, scary words, but still words. Mm -hmm. But in this movie, you have a whole crop of new characters and their names, they have names like RC blur cup it's, and it's it's just a bunch of made up nonsense words and you can tell that things things are very different now yeah okay so RC is new to this a new character for this film is that right yes she was created for the film and they they never really got around to making a, a toy for her they intended to but it never went into production well they probably figured like oh yeah their boys aren't gonna buy a girl toy. You know, and girls aren't going to buy Transformers at all because, you know, as we know, um, toy executives really have their finger on the pulse of that. They're they really uh, they're really committed to this idea that girls don't buy toys and that boys will refuse to buy girl to girls. You know, boys, don't girls don't buy anything unless we can sell them bras. Yeah, it's so I again, I think we've talked about this before, because I remember as a kid being like when I buying the real Ghostbusters and it's like, why is there no Janine toy? I need a Janine yeah. to complete the set, you know, um, I, I guess we are great. I guess we should be grateful that we got Winston toys. I mean, for real. Um, but uh, this one. Um, so, yeah, there's RC. She's new. Cup is new. Um which is weird because I was trying to figure the whole movie is like, is that like a kind of car? What is what does cup mean? Does it mean something? <laughs> it's really, it's short for pickup truck. Oh, is it? Yeah, he never says so in the movie. So you're like, why is his name Cup? I'm sorry, but... that fucking sucks. That's, yeah, that's, that's terrible. Really, even as a kid, I thought that was stupid. But now my my uh, justification for it is no, he's old. Cup is one of the oldest Autobots around. So he got his name back when there were too few Transformers to give them creative names. You could just call yourself, hi, I'm Truck. I'm helicopter. <laughs> nice to meet you. <laughs> I did. I will say I, I did like Cup. I think he's one of the more colorful characters in this. He's um, a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. His thing That's is he's the old one. He's he's a geezer. Yeah. yeah. He's kind of the he's he's described as the Falstaff to uh, the other Transformers. Yeah. And Especially he's, to Hot Rod. Yeah, I think they 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 play they uh, kind of play off each other for most of this film, uh, which you know they have a good dynamic, so that's a lot of fun. Uh, Cup, I believe, is played by Lionel Stander, who most yeah, of us Lionel will, Stander. Yeah, and most of us will remember him as Max from Heart to Heart, uh, and you know he's hot. He's got that great like you know, gravelly voice, so he plays like you know he's he's he's. Probably, I'd say, my favorite character in this movie, yeah. partly because he's one of the few that I could kind of tell apart. <laughs> um, and, uh, but it was interesting in this film that, like, uh, we have all our, a bunch of regular Transformers from the show. And yes. we have a bunch of new ones. And um, I thought what was funny is, like, if they made this film today, right? You would uh -huh. replace every character's voice actor with a celebrity voice actor. But since this is 1986, I think they're like, no, kids want to hear the original voice actor. So you get like Frank Welker and, um, you know. Uh, um, yeah, uh, Frank Don Welker is back to be Megatron and Soundwave. Peter Cullen is back to be Optimus Prime and Ironhide. And 
Yeah. And the original Starscream is there too and everything. Yep. So all the other so we have all the, the regular voices for our regular cast, but then mm-hmm. like the new Transformers, it's like Robert Stack and Leonard Nimoy. Um Yeah, we have an interesting assortment of celebrities who are kind of kind of B and C list in the eighties, but uh, moved up the ladder as the years went by. And Leonard Nimoy was, you know, he was, a, he was struggling a little bit at the time, but uh, he, he made it back up to uh, a list eventually. Yeah. And you know, um, the voice acting in this movie is actually pretty good. You know, it honestly is. Yeah. Um, Cause you know, I would think like, look, this is Transformers, the movie They're They're mostly all the celebrities are going to be slumming it. Um, and I think Orson Welles is kind of like renowned for like uh, shit talking this film. He was saying yeah. like, oh, you know, the well, ju- he, uh, he he died the week after he recorded it. So he didn't have much time to <laughs> shit talk it. But yeah. Yeah. I think there's some, some famous quote where he's like, the Japanese have made this terrible movie about toys in space. But <laughs> yeah, um, he said, I spent the afternoon playing a toy in a movie about toys that do horrible things to each other. It's very cinematic. Um, God, but you know what though? Uh, he is so good in this. He really is. I mean, he did not, you know, if this isn't him giving his all then I wonder what it's like when he gives his all. Yeah. And that is a thing is like, I'm a little unfair to Orson Welles because I honestly know him mostly from Maurice LaMarche making fun of him, you know? (laughs) So I always just think of him as like, what luck? There's a French fry in my beard. But when he does Unicron, it's like, geez this is actually a little like scary this this uh he really uh is able to communicate this this feeling of like awesome power and menace and you really feel like you know like when the scene where he where anything he does you really feel like when he's talking to megatron like megatron is like a fly to this guy this guy could yes um but uh oh but sorry before we get into that i do want to say more about that opening scene though Oh, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. you know, it's the scene where it's basically, like you said, it's another planet of robots, not Cybertron. Yes. And Unicron. This planet is called Lithone, yes. Oh, that's right. It was, a, it was supposed to be a planet of rock people, but they became robots for some reason. Mm. Oh, interesting. Um, well, Unicron comes and he eats the planet, basically. Right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, you, you see how Unicron eats the planet, which is that the. The planet Unicron has these enormous curving mandibles that it pinces a planet in place, and then its maw opens up and tractor beams piece by piece, you know, all basically eats the entire planet, crumbling it as it sort of, you know, maws it like Cookie Monster. Yeah, it's <laughs> got it's... these giant, like, kind of like um, steel jaws inside. It's weird because it's like Unicron, like you said, he's got this, like, hole that opens up like a sphincter. And almost like a, a squid beak inside that, like, he just, you know, masticates the planet with. And yeah. they even play, like, chompy noises. They're a little comical when it happens. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, it's like I get it. You're, he's eating. Those are his, those are his jaws. And then you actually see what happens. Like, almost like all the parts of the planet going through his system and getting turned into a slurry as... You know, it goes in and it lights up all the circuits. It's really like, um, and you see like, yeah, like this planet get destroyed and all the citizens get eaten. And it's like very intense, you know, like millions of robots die. Yeah. We focus on two robots whose names turn out to be Arbalus and Kranix. And one of them manages to escape, but Arbalus gets eaten. Yeah. This is like, 
like we're saying, there's there's real stakes in this. Um, this is it's a real this opening scene is like a very good introduction of Unicron and the very real threat that he poses because he totally fucks up this planet of these peaceful robots and yeah. you know everybody just they die they get eaten and die and um it, it, and it helps to remember the scale of a planet you know because we kind of approach planets in science fiction from a star trek is like ah this is the cowboy planet and this is the this is the samurai planet but you know cowboys and samurais lived on the same planet earth yeah there's a <laughs> lot going on on a single planet and now it's gone yep yep <laughs> Uh, so Unicron is, uh, he is the big bad and, um, he is just, uh, yeah. So, but I mean, you see that scene and it's just like, we ain't in Kansas no more. People are dying yeah. in this, you know, it's not like Saturday morning cartoons. Um, yeah. so this is, so you watch that and you're like, okay, I'm on board. Yeah. I was, I was like, okay, this, I, I, just from that scene, I was like, I feel like I've misjudged Transformers, the movie. Um, and, uh, there's other parts of the movie that are, that are good, but, um, that's, that's really the, you know, the thing where they, they wanted to hook you from the beginning. So, and they did. Yes. Um, and then a whole bunch of robot fighting happens that I do did not (laughs) understand at all. (laughs) So, okay. So then we, we, we return to. The Autobots and Decepticons for the first time, and uh, so they're so the Autobots. It's twenty years since that one that we saw before. The Autobots now have a city that they've built on Earth, and uh, the and there's a whole new generation of Transformers working there, and. Optimus Prime, who is working, who is on a moon base at this mo- point, says to basically says, uh, hey, they need uh, energy down there on Earth. I need you to make a run. And the Decepticons oversee this, and they're like, hey, this is our chance. They're underfueled. We can uh, not only take the fuel for ourselves, but we can Trojan horse our way in on their own ch- on their own ship. So we see a group of Autobots. Now, these are well-known characters. You have Ironhide, Ratchet, uh, Brawn, and Prowl driving this, driving this milk run, and the Decepticons break in and fucking kill them. <laughs> and there, this is and this is not the temporary kind of thing that we saw. You see, Prowl get shot through the chest, and then you see his whole insides basically liquefying and coming out of him as red smoke, and he falls dead on the ground. It's gruesome. Yeah, they were not fucking around in this uh, in this movie. Um, yeah. So, uh, e- Ethan, when you saw this as a kid, I mean, I assume you saw this as a kid. Yeah. How how did you react when you saw like like that? I was like, that was easy. <laughs> how come that never happened before? <laughs> yeah, I actually expected when I saw this, I was like, oh well, well they'll be back. They're fine. They'll repair them. They don't. Uh, no, they don't. They're they're very dead. Like and. There's even an episode in the third season where you visit the big mausoleum where their ashes are kept. Wow. I was very confused when they didn't come back in this movie because I was like, how are they going to keep selling the toys? <laughs> they're not. They were retiring the toys. So they're like, OK, kill them off. Wow. OK. Um, well, that'll raise the price, though. 
good for the speculative markets. Um, yeah. So a bunch of Transformers get got. Um, yes. And uh, luckily... Now, a bunch the- of Autobots die, and Megatron spells out his plan, and you have another one of those great moments where Ironhide grabs at him from the as in his dying throes and says, No! And... Megatron just kind of glares down at him and goes, such heroic nonsense. <laughs> and fires without even moving his arm with his cannon facing right facing right at Ironhide's head. A head that he, his toy didn't have. So. <laughs> it is funny that they're like, oh, these, these characters that kids have come to like know and love so much. Just fucking kill them. Blast them all. Yeah. <laughs> we, were, we were not prepared for that. Yeah. So, oh, also, another thing... Another thing that was established is that Spike from from the cartoon. It's 20 years later. He's 34 and he is a, you know, working side by side with the Autobots in his high tech astronaut suit. They call an exosuit. And he establishes that he has a son named Daniel. And uh, Carly's not in this. And we don't know if she's... No, we don't see Carly and we don't see Sparkplug either. I wonder what happened to him. Now, um, Ethan, so was this like a jump uh, from the series? Like... The ser- this was between season two and three that this came out? Yes, this was season two happened, taking place in 1985. Mm-hmm. And then this happened, taking place in the year 2005. Oh, okay. And then season three happened, taking place in the year 2006. Oh, okay. So they really, they, they continued on from this movie continuity after this. Yeah, there was a certain amount of lost years going on. You know, and huh. That's well, that is interesting because it just in some ways it does show what a different world we live in now, because uh, first of all, uh, if they made this movie today, they would not take any creative chances at all. Uh, They especially would not kill any Transformers off, even if they were tying the toys. Um, And secondly, if when people were like upset about this, they'd be like, oh, shit, well, well, we'll go back to normal. We'll go back the old way. But this one, it sounds like they didn't. They were like, nope, that's what you get. One of them did return. Oh. Okay, actually two. Which ones? Optimus Prime, because oh. nobody wanted him to stay dead. They, There were, you know, there were whole news articles. There was one titled, Hasbro Can't Toy with Optimus Prime. About <laughs> oh, how he... kids were like, no, we can't let him, be, you can't let him be dead. So he ended up being one of the very first ones to get a second toy. Wow, Consumer Revolt. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, who was the other one who came back? Starscream. Okay, that makes sense. Um, now, the thing about, you know, the reason they killed off Starscream is because his voice actor was a huge pain in the ass and they had to keep springing him out of jail to get oh, him to come work. Really? <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's also why they got rid of Cobra Commander. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, what? Okay, wait, wait. So now I'm just, what, what was Cobra Commander? Why were they always going to jail? Um, uh, I'm not sure. I think it was on like minor drug charges. Uh, I, I have a book here by, by the voice of Bumblebee, Dan Gilvezen. And he talks about how, uh, how Chris Latta, the voice of Starscream, he said, working next to him was like working next to a lit keg of dynamite. Wow. Okay. Um, it sounds, sounds like an, an interesting, uh, person. Uh, I've seen, I've seen his sketch, his stand-up act. I, there was an episode of like Evening at the Improv where Chris Latta comes up and he says, look at all those happy, smiling faces. You think you're here to see a comedian. No, a comedian tells jokes. What I am 
is a psychopath who has learned to market his problem. <laughs> Edgy. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then he gives them the Cobra Commander scream just to <laughs> wow. um, identify who he is. So for uh, young guns out there, um, do not remember him as um, Cobra Commander or Starscream. Uh, should also be mentioned he apparently voiced uh, Mo Sislak and Mr. Burns in the first season of The Simpsons. Yeah. And then, and I, d- I didn't notice their voices changing, so I guess he wasn't too. No, no. He wasn't too memorable. Um, and he was also the guy in, uh, in Patrick Swayze's Roadhouse who offered to let you feel his wife's tits. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. I'm trying to see like what it says here. Uh, let's see. Um, yeah, it says they had to, uh, in an interview, Flint Dill said there's one summer he had to bail Chris Ladd out of Hollywood jail in order to get him to the recording in time. Never figured out what he was in for, but he said it was jaywalking. Chris was a wild, <laughs> interesting guy. Um, yeah, there is a story at when he first attended BotCon in uh, 1997, somebody asked Peter Cullen, the voice of Optimus Prime, about Chris Latta. And Peter apparently looked stung at the mention of the name, and he said something like, Hollywood is the only town that eats its young. Jeez. So there's some sort of mystery about the death of Chris Latta, and we don't really know. And a lot of other voice actors are like, yeah, he, he had his demons, but he was a really sweet guy, and that he, was, he died, and we never found out how. Yeah. Um, Wikipedia only says that it was uh, due to complications of a cerebral hemorrhage, but uh, no other details here about that. At 44, so um, hmm. uh, cerebral hemorrhage—that could, you know, that could be a stroke or a uh, or an aneurysm or a lead pipe. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, so yeah, yeah. There's kind of a mystery with that, but. Um, <laughs> But anyway, I guess yeah. They, but Starscream was so so beloved; they still brought him back. So yeah, they established yeah. Starscream Starscream dies in this movie. Spoilers, but uh, his ghost comes back in the third season, and you see him in several episodes where he's possessing other Transformers to control them. Oh my god! I didn't know trans- Transformers have souls. <laughs> uh, and then. Uh, so years later in Beast Wars, Starscream was the first character from the original Generation 1 to come back in ghost form, and he possessed one of the Predacons. Wow. And it was established that he has a mutant, indestructible spark. So. Oh, all right. Um, <laughs> wow. Uh, so, so yeah, but so we got a bunch of, yes, yeah, so a lot of Transformers in this die. Um, yeah, they die hard. <laughs> now, uh, there are a bunch of new Transformers. Uh, there's, like we said, there's RC, who is... Yes, uh, RC is the girl, kind of a... She she has very recognizable Princess Leia buns as part of her helmet. Yes. Uh, she is girl, and uh, yeah, played girl. by uh, Susan Blue. Uh, Sue Blue, yes. Who, regular on G.I. Joe, and later a later a voice director from numerous other Transformers series. Yeah. Um, if you don't know the name, you've def- you're definitely familiar with some of her work because she is a prolific voice actress um, who's also been on Brave Star, Ghostbusters, Galaxy High, My Little Pony. Um, 
and uh, Land Before Time. Um, but anyway, um, uh, so she is girl in this. And then mm-hmm. there's uh, we have um, another new character who is uh, what is this guy's name? I got I'm trying to find the name. He's played by Robert Stack. Ah, that is Ultra Magnus. And Ultra Magnus has some has a lot of conflicting histories, but uh, he is kind of he, his official role is city commander. So he's kind of Optimus while Optimus isn't there. And you can tell that he basically turns into the same thing, a truck, a truck, but uh, he's a car carrier and he combines with his whole car carrier. So he's a huge robot. Yeah. Now he, um, his, he, he's kind of, uh, now is he the one that Optimus Prime kind of gives the mantle to, or is that a different one? I can't. Yeah, he is the one. He is the okay. one that he says, it's it's you that I'm passing the Matrix to. And, right. And Magnus says, I'm just a soldier. I'm not worthy, which is, you know, turns out to be true. <laughs> yeah, because he gets killed too, doesn't he? Yeah. Uh, not as permanently, but yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, because actually, that, speaking of, that's, that scene is pretty intense as well, because Optimus Prime has a long deathbed um, uh, expiration, and this was very traumatic for a lot of fans. Yes. Um, yeah, they really, you know, like everyone it's, he's there and he's kind of, you know, everyone he's, he's dying and he's all like, don't mourn for me. I will be one with the, the matrix or something. And, you know, he's passing on the matrix to, uh, you know, ultra Magnus. It's actually, honestly, I think it's a pretty good scene, you know? It's a very, yeah, it's a very good scene. And, you know, there's, and the actual death is, you know, you, you really feel your heart kind of clutch as he, you know, he his head turns to one side and he goes all slate gray. And then we just cut to Daniel crying on his hand. Yeah, um, I was I was that whole bit where he's kind of like, yeah, when Ultra Magnus is like, I'm not worthy. And Optimus Prime is kind of like, I, neither was I, you know, and it's like, God, mm-hmm. this is actually like, you know, um, I, it's, I feel weird saying it, but like, you know, I, they do a really good job of, uh, of, of making Optimus Prime seem like, like a leader, you know? Yes. Like you, in this movie, you're kind of like, oh, I see why they follow him. You know, he's, he's, um, he, he's, uh, he's a leader, but you also kind of feel like this is a guy who's, he's not just a commander, but he is like a father figure to them the other transformers um and though it was funny when he's like i'm gonna give you the matrix and he just like opens his chest and i was like i wasn't quite sure what's happening i was like is he like he's like i'm dying so now i'm going to like just you know rip myself apart to end the suffering like what is for a second i thought that was was happening but no he's revealing them was it the spark matrix or something? The matrix of leadership. Now understand this was never established in the cartoon before this. This is the first we've ever heard of the matrix. And it seems like it's pretty important, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's very important, but this is the first we've ever heard of it was Optimus prime taking it from his body as he dies. Yeah. So, um, so not only are you, uh, you being traumatized by his death, but suddenly you're learning everything you thought you knew about transformers is being uh, upended. Yeah. And it's especially funny because there was actually an episode where Megatron made a clone of Optimus that was and was trying to uh, get lure the other Autobots to their doom with it. And nobody thought, well, which one thought to say, hey, which one of you has the Matrix? Yeah. 
<laughs> well, <laughs> you know, not this week. We don't. We're we're not worried about the Matrix anymore. No, um, no, no. <laughs> the Matrix though uh, is a big deal in this because it's also the only thing that can stop Unicron for yes. reasons. Um, I I I don't know if it's ever established, but Unicron doesn't like the Matrix. But yeah, they don't explain it in this movie, but uh, but in other stuff, we learn about the connection between Unicron and the Transformers themselves, the planet Cybertron and the Matrix. Oh, OK. And All right. So it is not completely abandoned as a concept. No, not at all. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a major thing, and they and now they even include the Matrix as part of the toy. It wasn't there before. Oh, is that the thing that in the trans Michael Bay movie they were trying to get that was under the Hoover yeah, they Dam? Call it, yeah, they call it the All Spark now because because a movie came out called The Matrix. Oh, <laughs> but, okay, that makes but sense. But yeah, the All the All Spark and the Matrix of Leadership are the same thing. Okay, there's. It's also in the comics. It's also called the creation matrix. And we are told that that is specifically what allows transformers to make more of themselves. Oh, they have to use this to instill life into others. Oh, so. okay. Interesting. So, um, you know, there is a lot of, um, there's a lot of, uh, I don't know how to describe this, but like, uh, almost like religious uh, nature to, to these things going on. Um, uh, I read a tweet recently where someone said, uh, Transformers is great because it's, it's like if your uh, Hot Wheels came with Greek mythology. Yeah. Yeah. That's that, that is kind of exactly it. Um, because I was discussing, um, with my wife a little earlier, the, the death and resurrection of, uh, Megatron in this film, which yeah. is a, a, a weird thing because, uh, Megatron dies. I forget. He gets, he like, I think, uh, okay. uh yeah, we've skipped a little forward. Oh, we, yeah, the, yeah. uh, yeah, the, uh, the Decepticons do manage to sneak past the, uh, Autobots defenses, but only one person who actually sees what's happening. And this is actually our main character who we haven't talked about at all. His name is hot rod. And he is right now. He is just being the babysitter for uh, Spike's son, Daniel, who's about 10 years old. Yeah. Hot rod is a young, as a headstrong young uh, Autobot who turns into obviously a hot rod because they were still sort of being weird about names. Yeah. And he's and, played by Judd Nelson from the breakfast yeah, club. Played, yeah, the the burnout from uh, Breakfast Club. Yeah, and so, so so everyone's like, "What, Hot Rod? What the hell are you doing? You're firing on our own ship!" But, but Hot Rod is, you know, because the Decepticons are being fired on, they have to uh, drop the disguise early before they can get past the defenses. So a big fight starts, of course, and but. The Autobots are largely being slaughtered, and then Optimus Prime finally makes it in from the moon, and he comes down and just takes out about 15 Decepticons at once while the stirring theme, You Got the Touch, is playing. <laughs> yeah, um, what I, I do like the fact that you know, they were like, look, let's get some like some banger songs for this movie. Yeah. It, but it really doesn't matter where you stick them in the movie. There's no connection between like the, the songs and the action on screen. It's not like a Disney movie where they're like, every song has to like, you know, either advance the plot or reveal the character. They're just random 
Uh, especially, it gets weird when Weird Al Yankovic shows up. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like that is a great song. To, it's like what the fuck <laughs> when they're playing "Dare to Be Stupid" over a fight. <laughs> oh man, but um, yeah. So so um, uh, but that but but anyway, sorry. Uh, yeah. Hot Rod. Optimus Prime, you know, Optimus Prime just blows his way through the Decepticons, finds Megatron, he's about to finally breach the hull, and he says to him in this very official-sounding voice, one shall stand, one shall fall. And you can tell that that's kind of, that sounds like a uh, declaration of a fight to the death. Because Megatron actually looks surprised, and he says, why throw away your life so recklessly? Yeah. So we get a big fight for all the marbles between the two of them and optimus actually you know does win almost almost single-handedly but megatron sees his chance but and begs for mercy and but he's actually got a gun he's reaching for and he's waiting for optimus to get close enough hot rod is the one who sees him and jumps on him interrupting this uh this uh ceremonial fight and, of course, giving Megatron a hostage and allowing him to gun Optimus down. But even the mortally wounded Optimus is able to knock Megatron uh, you know, off his feet and down several stories where Starscream was waiting for him and gives him a kick in the side, just like, how do you feel? Yeah. So, so they did win, but at very high cost. Yeah. Um... And so Megatron is fucked up. Megatron is really fucked up. And uh, he and Starscream is like, we're just going to leave him here. But loyal Soundwave will carries him with Rumble tagging along, carrying his, his cannon for him. That's kind of cute. Yeah. And and they get into Astro Train, who I don't know if you've known, ever heard of this character. He's a triple changer. He can turn into two different things. So he starts out as a train as all the all the Decepticons get on and then turns into a space shuttle and takes off. <laughs> it's, I'm sorry. It's very funny. It's very funny it that they get into funny. a train. Oh, here we go. Oh, toot toot. Are there tracks? Oh, I don't know. Um, uh, I don't think he needs tracks. Yeah, it seems like, okay, I guess that is, it's like, it's just like, what advantage does this, does this form have a more train, which I could also afford. Um, <laughs> but uh, they do fly away, but there, there's too much weight. So they have to, um, they, they have, okay. So they decide to throw, throw the injured ones overboard. Right. <laughs> um, so this is a weird thing because they basically say, how are we going to decide who goes off? And some of the Decepticons want to do like a survival of the fittest, right? Yeah. And some meaning of them, that, you know, the ones who aren't injured get to stay. Right. And some of them don't presumably the injured ones. Yeah. Nay. And then they're like the, and Starscream is like, yeah, I have it. But then it looks like a bunch of transformers just walk right off the plane off the ship. <laughs> <laughs> so I was confused. I was like, do they think that's where the fight's going to happen? Because they're literally just walking right <laughs> off into space. And then they throw Megatron out, too. And yeah, there's a another another great quotable moment when he tells Starscream, wait, I still function. <laughs> Want to bet? Boop! Yeet! <laughs> I mean, there's some good lines in this movie. Um, and uh, And like I said, they go hard. Uh, so Megatron yeah. floats around in space until he runs into Unicron. 
and, and Unicron speaks for the first time. We we had we weren't even aware that this was like you know a person or anything, but it speaks in that sonorous Orson Welles voice, and his voice is so powerful it blasts Megatron back, and he has to grab onto one of those big mandibles just to avoid being blown away. Yeah. Oh, it's such a it's it's such a good voice for this though. You know, just yeah. just the way he's talking, just completely unbothered, and um, yeah. The fact that he was so bored doing this really makes it feel like a god. Yeah. Like a god who was just like, what if I did fucked around with these little ants? It's ironic because you have to wonder, like I supposedly Orson Welles is very difficult to work with. Um, I mean, he was notoriously difficult throughout his life. And I'm sure that when he thought he was doing something beneath him, he was even worse. Um, Mm -hmm. But it's funny if you think like that's, problem the fact that he gave so little of a fuck about this actually makes this a better performance yeah it's kind of like it reminds me of harlan ellison himself doing the voice of am Mm. where he didn't sound he didn't try to do it like unicron he sounded like a you know a three-year-old who was furious that he'd been denied sprinkles on his ice cream (laughs) which you know when you listen to harlan ellison talk (laughs) That's how he's, you know, the world's angriest gnome, you know, (laughs) and not to say he wasn't justified a lot of the time, but he, yeah, that's, that's kind of who he was. So, um, but, uh, um, yeah, yeah, this is the story that, uh, uh, Isaac Asimov told about uh, meeting some hotshot new uh, writer in the, at a science fiction convention, and Willie Lee turned to him and goes, "He's another Harlan Ellison. Let's kill him now." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, I know I I personally know people who've been sexually harassed by Harlan Ellison, so you know, <laughs> he's uh, he's definitely um, a character, I guess is the 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 most diplomatic thing to say about him. Um, and I, I will say that like his rant about not getting paid for Babylon five is, you know, um, uh, that, that is, uh, justifiable. Um, yeah, but, uh, anyway, uh, but our working right should get paid. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but Orson Welles, great performance here. Um, I really love this sequence because, uh, Megatron is trying to bargain with a god and, you know, failing. That shows a lot, tells you a lot about Megatron right there. <laughs> it does. It, you know, it's, it's a good scene. And it's funny because uh, uh, Unicron is just like, okay, you will be my minion. I will give you, um, you know, I, I will give you uh, an army and a new body and all this stuff. And Megatron's like, what else? And Unicron is like, fuck you. <laughs> You know, Unicron is like, you don't get to ask that. It's like, maybe I'll just, maybe I'll just kill you now. And Megatron is like, no, I think I'll take the deal. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like you said, Mega, the, the villains are well developed in this show. Um, they're all they're, uh, And, um, but this is the thing. They basically, Megatron is resurrected as Galvatron. And yeah, what a weird name. Yeah. And he's now Leonard Nimoy gives his voice yes, he gets a new voice and you know there's been a lot of arguments in the fandom over the years over whether megatron and galvatron are the same person if it is just megatron with a new body or if galvatron is a new person who just happens to share some memories yeah that was why when you said this is like a uh, greek mythology 
I mean, that really hit because this really does feel like one of those old things where like, you know, a god is like, oh, yeah, I have these like different aspects and we're all the same person, but we're also different. And it's like, OK, you know, it's it's hard to really parse what's going on here, but it feels, you know, it, it feels yeah. very, uh, very Greek. Yeah. That's the thing about Transformers is that because all the characters are robots, it can't not be science fiction. So no matter what kind of story they they try to tell, it ends up making kind of making new roads in science fiction. Yeah. Um, I will say that there's a lot of stuff in this that I have not seen anywhere else. And, um, you know, it's kind of that weird thing in a lot of 80s cartoons where... Uh, they give so, I mean, I don't know if may, this is maybe unfair, but you know how in He-Man where it's like obvious, like, look, we don't give a shit about anything in this cartoon. Yes. We're just uh-huh. churning it out for, for the, keep the kids quiet. So anything could happen. And because there's a book coming out called, uh, called we drilled He-Man into their little pea brains. Oh, really? Which is apparently a direct, it's a direct quote from a Mattel executive. I mean, it's true. <laughs> But what's interesting, I think, is the fact that, like, if they cared, right, they would be like, look, mm-hmm. we're going to we're gonna put some thought into this. There'll be rules to the world. What does the fantasy world look like? It looks like this. Okay, we'll go by that. But since they don't care, they're like, okay, it's whatever. They have spaceships. They have swords. There's magic. Who gives a shit? It's all in there. And as a result, they actually have created something, like, ex- extremely unique, you know? I, I Yeah. It's... And it's kind of the same thing with Transformers. There's a lot of stuff in this that if they had actually been trying and more conscientious about like, you know, oh, the, you know, what, what, you know, to create a coherent narrative and universe, they would have been, no, no, we're not going to do that. But instead you get these completely off the wall things that really make it what it is and is really part of the reason I think why it stands out as its own thing, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. That's an excellent way of putting it. And the thing about the thing that Transformers and He-Man have in common, besides being toy lines from the 80s that were heavily advertised on television, is that much of them is reused. And, you know, He-Man, you I'm probably you probably saw the show The Toys That Made Us, where they talked about how Battle Cat was literally just a tiger they had left over from another toy line, and they're like, okay, make him green and give him a saddle. And now he's a vehicle. Yeah. And now yeah. he's a character. And Transformers is exactly the same way because it's two different it's two different Japanese toy lines, New Microman and Diaclone, that they squashed together and ma- and invented new personalities for and a new storyline for. And by this time, Transformers the movie has the first characters that were created intended to be Transformers that had never been any other toy line. That's who Hot Rod and Cup and RC are. So, so by now it's three different sources, one of which is riffing off of the first two that come before. So yeah, there's, you know, there was a lot to draw from and because it was so kitchen sink in its nature, I've talked about this before, what I call the Mike Tyson's punch out syndrome, where you pile up the stereotypes so high that it stops being stereotypical and becomes an individual. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. Um, it is, it's, there's so much in this that is, yeah, uh, that, yeah, they, they kind of do that with like, okay, look, robots, right? 
okay, uh, robots. They just live on a robot planet. Why not? And it's like, that's actually really interesting and unusual, you know? Yeah. Because um, most... In fact, we get a lot of different robot planets, and... Yeah, we see multiple robot planets in this movie alone. In fact, it suggests that humans might be the only organic creatures that everything else in the universe is a robot i mean it's it reminds it's like it's like that uh what is that talking meat um story yeah exactly we're supposed to talk to meat <laughs> what do you say to it how's it going uh, um <laughs> you know meat makes a noise when you slap or flap <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah there's like a lot of robot planets and uh they're all a little bit different um now um with uh so unicron so sends galvatron out um he's got to yes. get the all the all spark sorry the matrix of leadership um yes which he says is the only thing that can destroy him and um it is funny because in megatron like when he ultimately gets it and tries he's against unicron and that doesn't go very well for him uh, no. <laughs> um but we get like you know at this point there's like a this is i think okay there's like a lot of stuff happening and different transformers are like on different planets and I'm not really clear on how, who gets where or how, but ultimately hot rod and cup end up on this. And the Dinobots. And yeah. the Dinobots. They end up on this planet called Quintessa. Okay. And Quintessa is like a robot swamp planet almost. Yeah. And it has a, you know, big mechanical squid that attack cup. And there are some, there's a legion of transforming sharks and transforming alligators. Yeah. And it's funny, like even when they're underwater, the seabed is like made out of plated metal. So like everything is just ro It's just, yeah, it's just another planet that evolved robotically, but um, yeah. Um, and apparently there, cause there are the, the shark icons and the, what, alligator cons on this planet uh, they, uh, they're called alicons they didn't get that name for like 30 years <laughs> oh <laughs> um and then but they're all ruled it seems by the quintessens yeah the quintessons who are again one of the things that really sticks with people is that you know what the quintessons are are a race of kind of catches catch can who the hell knows what's going on robots some of which have tentacles some of which just have like a single finger on each hand but they're all le led by this five-faced judge who has diff a different face for each emotion it can feel yeah and they they basically they put people on trial and if you're found innocent you get fed to the sharkicons Yep. And if you're presumably, if you were guilty, you would also get fed to the Sharktacons because it's a big kangaroo court. Yes. The way it's explained is that the, the, the Quintessons are kind, are kind of supposed to be like Unicron's remoras. They catch what he leaves behind. Oh, I did not actually pick that up, but um, it makes sense because yeah. they meet one of those guys from that robot planet in the intro here. Yeah, yeah, Kranix, the one survivor of the planet Lithone, and you see him get uh, put on trial and uh, and ju judged as innocent, and the Sharktacons eat him. Yeah, like I said, very high body count in this film. Yes. 
Uh, meanwhile, the Dinobots have gotten separated from Cup and Hot Rod, and they meet a weird little rhyming robot called Wheelie. This is and that that feral kid you were mentioned. Yeah, he's supposed to be a survivor whose parents were eaten by the Sharktacons, but he's been, but he's been surviving on uh, Quintessa after a crash for how who knows how many years, and that's why he speaks in rhyme because like he only knew nursery rhymes before this or something like that. Oh, okay. Because um, I didn't catch any of that. I just was like, yeah, what? that wasn't. None of that is spelled out for you here. He just sort of shows up out of nowhere. And yeah, I, I like your take on him being a leprechaun or something. <laughs> there's like, uh, man, you know, there again, there's a lot of interesting stuff in this, but it a lot of it isn't really clear. And a lot of it just is jumbled in there without, yeah. you know, really connecting. Like the quintessence being uh, Unicron's remoras is a really interesting idea and very cool. And they also look like they're great designs. They're just so wacky. Um, but it just feels like what, what is, it just feels like, it just, it, it feels like th there's a lot going on that like, doesn't, isn't really, you know, maybe I need more handholding cause I have so much trouble teaching, telling <laughs> robots apart, but <laughs> so also I noticed that in 20 years, the Dinobots seem to have mellowed out. They, they are a lot less, you know, grouchy and Grimlock is a lot more, more cheerful and friendly. Oh, that's right. He likes hearing Cup's stories. Yes. Cup's, Cup is best known for telling old war stories that sometimes actually tie in with what they're doing. Yeah. Um, and um, so they're all on Quintessa, but there are other... But the rest of them, yeah. Ultra Magnus and, and RC and... Oh, we haven't even mentioned Springer. He's like the Han Solo of Transformers. Oh, uh, I don't even remember him. What is his deal? He was the green one who turns into a helicopter. Oh, was he new for this as well? Or is he? A... Yeah, he was new. He was new too. And so was Blur. And oh. Blur is the one voiced by John Mashita. The Micro Machine Man. Yes. He's, a, he's the fastest Autobot on no wheels. And he... Can't really hold a lot of thoughts in his head at once, but uh, he has, but uh, he he talks very fast and tends to stutter and repeat himself. Well, so a typical blur line is something like, "Oh, you're complaining. I should be complaining. If I had a tree, I'd be grateful. But I did a tree. I had a boulder. If the trees feel like stealing around here. What do you think the boulders feel like? Nah, nah, nah. Yeah, he talks like uh, a speed racer character. <laughs> um, but uh, you know what? I mean, considering this 1986, he's probably the biggest star in this movie, bigger than Roger. Yeah, sorry, then Leonard Nimoy, <laughs> bigger than Robert Stack, maybe even bigger than Orson Welles. But is he bigger than Eric Idle? That's right, we do have Eric Idle in this too. Uh, kind of. And we're about to meet him. He is, well, he's playing a very Eric Idle character, but he's, yes. he's kind of wasted, you know? Um, yeah, he thought so too. He was like, did you really need to fly me over to America to read this nonsense? Yeah, because the Ultra Magnus and some of the other Transformers are basically on the junk planet. Yes, the planet of junk. Um, and at this point, Galvatron thinks he's blown the uh, Ultra Magnus's ship up. But as it turns out, they had actually separated the front half of the ship and left the back half to blow up. So it's... I think that's like a something certain bugs do. <laughs> oh, <laughs> probably. Um, but yeah, so they end up on the junk planet, and um, Eric Idle is the leader of the what the junk bots or something. 
you have the Junkions, who are supposed to be like the Transformer equivalent of Mad Max gangs. I don't really see it myself, though. Um, well, they do ride motorcycles around. Um, yeah, they ride motorcycles around, and they turn into motorcycles, so they ride each other. Which is And also, fun. they just fall apart at the drop of a hat, but then they put themselves back together and come back. Yeah. Um, I did not. I, I got the impression that they were supposed to be like made of junk, but you know, you don't really, you know, they just look like transformers, you know? So, yes. um, but again, uh, I was like a lot of co- a cool idea, which wasn't really, uh, realized very well in this. Um, they all talk in kind of like commercial jingles because I guess they're all, you know, because they're garbage, they, they got everything from television. Um, yes, they, they, they are deeply into junk culture and, uh, they have a hard time talking to the Autobots until they meet Cup, who knows something about television and is able to basically speak their language back to them. Yeah. Um, so like, this is, you know, it's, this is kind of a fun idea and I like a lot of what they were, they're going for here. It's more just like, I'm like, why is it in this movie? You know, um, and that's why Dare to be Stupid is part of this scene, because that's also made up of like commercial jingles and stuff. Yeah. I mean, that makes that now that you say it. OK, I get it. That makes sense. It is not inappropriate because it feels it feels right. But I feel like it's also if you're a kid in 1986, hearing the word stupid in a movie is the funniest thing ever. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like when someone says shut up, you're like, oh, oh, they said they said the word they said stupid. Oh, it's so funny. So. Oh, but what about the part where, oh, we didn't even mention that uh, Spike and Bumblebee got eaten. They do. And um, don't they say a bad word? Yeah. What the plan was to, uh, you know, they knew that Unicron was coming for one of their two moons. And so the plan is to detonate one of them while it's in his mouth. It blows up and Spike's line is, it isn't even deaded. Oh shit. What are we going to do now? Yeah. I, I like rewound that several times to make sure that I actually heard that. Yeah. <laughs> That's one of, one of maybe three swear words in the movie, because you also have Ultra Magnus clawing ineffectually at the, at the Matrix and going, open, damn it, open! <laughs> um, I guess, again, they were trying to be a little more adult in this, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's kind of like how the original Ninja Turtles movie, Raphael was constantly yelling, damn! It's, oh, man, um, so... Even when you were a kid and you see Bumblebee, oh, sorry, oh, was it Spike? It was Spike or, or Bumblebee who says shit. Yeah, Spike. Uh, uh, Spike, yeah. Spike says, oh, shit. I would, but no, understand, the first version of this I saw had been edited for television. Oh. So I didn't. I never knew he said it. I never saw it in the theaters. Man, I, I, uh, I, I, it's such a, again, like they were really trying to do something different and, um, it's 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 fascinating because you know that if they made this today, they would not take any risks like that. They would be like, nope, no. make it exactly the same as a TV show. We don't want to we don't want anyone to be at all frightened or upset or challenged in any way or surprised. <laughs> um, I don't know that like, you know, it sounds like the, the ultimate result of all their boundary pushing didn't really 
gel the way that they had hoped, but no, I mean, well, maybe, maybe the movie really was ahead of its time. I mean, it's one of those things where I'm, I can see so many ways that it could be more coherent, but Mm -hmm. it would also require taking out some of the glorious insanity of this film. Yeah. Because I mean, I love, so Mm -hmm. this is a movie where they didn't want to murder their darlings. Yeah. I love all the individual parts of this film. I just wish, you know, it's not really gestalt thing, you know? Mm. The sum is not greater than, you know, the whole is not greater than some of the parts. Um, now, if you were a bigger Transformers fan, you'd know that was a hilarious pun. Oh, was it? Yes, because for years the fans have referred to the big ones that all combine into a bit into a big Transformer. They've called them gestalts. Oh, that's I did not realize that. <laughs> We do have a few of those in this one because the the, the yeah. Constructicons show up and do the thing. Yeah, at one point. Um, yeah, at that point they were the only ones. They introduced a bunch more later on. We got the aerial bots, who are five good guy jets who combine into Superion, and we have the Stunticons, five bad guy cars who combine into Menasaur. A lot of people think that's like dinosaur, but no, it's just like one who menaces. Mm, mm. Hey, when they and then they're when they combine like that, does, is the big one is its own thing? Like it's not. Uh, yes, it's not like just them com- controlling a mecha for the most part. It is, in fact, you know, the others still have a sort of window of perception open, but uh, sometimes Bruticus will do something that the other Combaticons would not. Interesting. So I guess it's like a Steven Universe type thing. Yeah. All right. Um, well, I'm sure that was the inspiration for Steven Universe. Oh, it makes sense. Although, well, actually, Steven Universe is basically Rock Lords, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it is. It's well, lesbian Rock, rock lords. lords. Rocks to come alive. <laughs> um, okay, so we've got the junk planet. Eric Idle shows up, and really, that's it. He just shows up. And then- yeah, he shows up, and, and then we have... Uh, Oh, oh no! What actually what happens was the, the the Decepticons track them there, and they kill Ultra Magnus. They cut him up into bits. The original, actually, they just uh, fire on him. But originally, and this part actually made it into the comics without being edited. They quartered him. They each fastened a rope to his arms and legs and pulled him into four pieces. Wow, uh... it was pretty fucking metal. But this whole movie is metal. Yeah, I mean, they're not holding back. No. So, and as the Autobots are grieving over their second, after their second fallen leader, and of course, Galvatron got away with the Matrix, uh, that's when the Junkions attack and start, uh, and start uh, chasing them down. But just when it looks like they're uh, cornered, that is, this is when... Cup and Hot Rod, having defeated the Quintessons, show up in a weird twisting ship that drills into the planet of junk. <laughs> oh, yeah, and they have that universal greeting that Cup just oh, happens yes, to know. Oh, yes, the universal greeting. Ba-weep, gra-na-weep, mini-bong. <laughs> Which, I guess, is something that is so specific that anything that says it, you know that they're smart enough to actually talk to. Yeah, this was... um. So this is not a part of Transformers lore before this. This is just from the movie. No, the it's brand new, but it's been a part ever since. There was, 
when Retgar appeared again on Transformers Animated, he said, Ba weep, Grana weep, Ninibong. Hmm. Okay. Um, uh, it just, yeah. Um, <laughs> and that solves the day. That Then everyone's happy. Everyone's yeah. pals. Um, yeah, what I like is that they don't seem to actually understand it. They just think it's a fun new thing to say. Yeah, then they all start like the junk <laughs> junkions just are like dancing like in a in a may, like maypole type ceremony. Yeah, yeah, one of them kisses Grimlock on the nose. <laughs> um, was, they're very silly. They're not they're not fighters. They're they just like to watch TV and hang out. Yeah. Well, I mean, as soon as you hear Eric Idle, you know, like these are the comic relief guys. You know. Yeah. Um, but uh, they uh, they basically come out, you know, they show up in like the last reel of the film. So it's like, look, you got to wrap this up fast. There's not only so many minutes left. And then they do. They just wrap it up. And it's like, yeah. all right. And they yeah, they know the junkions somehow know who Unicron is, which is surprising. And they uh, they lend the uh, Autobots a, uh, a wrecked ship that they can use to get to him. And this is when we have, you know, the big moment where Galvatron is like, uh, it's like, look what I've got. Now you answer to me. <laughs> that doesn't work out. And, and Unicron's like, you underestimate me, Galvatron, and starts to open up and you get this really long, really detailed shot of, you know, his arms spreading out, his, his uh, hands opening and flexing, his legs shooting out and claws coming out. That's a really, that's a really clever touch is that he doesn't have feet. He just has claws because what would he stand on? That's a good point. Um, <laughs> it is a really, you know, it's a really good reveal. So it's, it is unfortunate that, uh, the ads ruined it for the original audience, Yeah, <laughs> but you do. And yeah. And so the planet Unicron expands into a giant Satan like robot and I really like the look of absolute fear on Galvatron's face. Like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, you... Absolutely no idea what was going on here. I, I also like how Galvatron is, like, wearing the uh, the uh, Matrix around his neck like it's the, the Flava Flav clock. <laughs> ding dong, yo, ding dong. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, the, um, the, the reveal is really good. Um, it's, it's a great reveal because it's one of those things where as soon as he starts doing it, you're like, I should have expected it. I should have seen this coming. Of course he's a transformer, but I mean, I didn't. Um, and then he's, uh, is he going, what's he's attacking? Is it Cybertron? Cybertron. Yeah. Yeah. He said, he says for a time, I considered sparing your pathetic planet of Cybertron, but now you shall witness its dismemberment. Yeah. It's like, good job, Galvatron. Yeah, uh, I I was I wonder if Galvatron has the same love for Cybertron that Megatron did. He's never been there, or right? has he? <laughs> you know, well, maybe. Yeah, I mean he he remembers how much Megatron loved it. But uh, you know, it's interesting because, like you said, um, there's there's uh, questions about whether Galvatron and Megatron are the same character, and um, they they look pretty different, right? Uh, yeah. Galvatron is got that. He's blue. He's, he looks, he just, he's he, got a kind of crown going on that Megatron doesn't. Megatron has a very distinctive bucket head silhouette. Yeah. That, so he looks completely different. His voice is completely different. And yet when he shows up to interrupt Starscream's coronation, Starscream recognizes him as Megatron and is all like, Megatron, what? is that you? You know? So it's like, he clearly, but he 
Mm-hmm. But he doesn't say yes. He says, here's a hint, and blows Starscream away, turning him to ash. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, what, what's the answer? I don't know. <laughs> Didn't really. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, that's a, that is a, uh, but that is, that does raise questions. Something about Galvatron seems familiar, you know, even though even, it's, yeah. he, sh- everything about him is new. So new name, now, new voice. In the, the third season, you have Decepticons even arguing about that. One of them says this was, you know, this Galvatron guy sucks. We were, we were so much better off under Megatron. Well, they were the same guy. No, they're not. <laughs> wow. Um, uh, really existential it's a i don't know i i could this be taken as a transition metaphor i mean you still the same person um uh, well you know a tra- transformers are all about yep. you know there is a lot of transformers in, uh, there's oh a- speaking of which in some stories rc is in fact trans oh interesting I, and in the recent in the recent uh, comics, there's a whole uh, page where uh, someone talks about yeah yeah blue uh, some I don't know ruckus uh, ruckus came back and you know what he said and someone says she what she yeah ruckus is a she now me too really why it just just a better fit the further out you get from Cybertron the more you realize we've been unnecessarily limiting ourselves wow. Um, I can't believe Transformers went woke. <laughs> Transformers has always been woke. Sorry. <laughs> Why do you think they made a gun the bad guy? <laughs> no, that's cool though. Uh, that is good. Um, and actually, that's 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 a cool thing. Um, I uh, I guess yeah. The thing with yeah, but it is it is interesting about whether Cy- Megatron and Galvatron are the same or different because. Um, it, I, I just keep thinking like it really does feel like some sort of uh, a weird Trinity Godhead type situation, you know? Yeah. Where you're like, is he yes. one, three, one or three? I don't know. Both. Okay. I don't know. Don't think about it. Uh, you could argue that Unicron is the father, Galvatron the son, and the memories of Megatron are the Holy Ghost. Oh, damn. Uh, isn't actually Unicron somehow associated with the uh, the origin of the Transformers? Like he is actually some sort of deity almost i think yes now this yeah this is what i put off talking about last time so in depending on which version of the transformers you're reading there are two different origins for them in the in the cartoon the ones that count that continue from this movie we will learn in the the third season opener that the quintessons are actually the creators of the transformers themselves that they were that you that Cybertron was a factory planet where they made robots for military use, the Decepticons, and for home use, the Autobots. They banded together and drove their cruel masters away, but they were too different to uh, to find peace together. Oh, huh. Okay, so uh, this all this all comes back. Yes. Whereas in the comics, we learn that. There was, in fact, a there was, in fact, a universe that came before this one and Unicron ate it. (laughs) He literally ate the entire universe and went to sleep, but he forgot to wipe his mouth and some of the particles interacted and a big bang happened and Unicron found himself in a new universe. He started to eat again, but this universe had a protector whose name was Primus. 
and Primus and Unicron fought epic battles all across the universe, causing epic damage, until Primus managed to trick Unicron into leaving his body, entering an astral form, and tracked and trapped Unicron in a metal asteroid. However, in the process, Primus also got trapped in a metal asteroid of his own. However, Unicron began changing his asteroid into a mechanical replica of his old body. Primus, realizing that he had only been able to fight Unicron through trickery before, instead turned his body into a planet where he could raise an army to fight them. So Primus became the planet Cybertron. Wow. Uh, that is quite the cosmology there. Yes. Um, I, I guess I, you know, I mean, I guess I've been missing out all these years because I've just been <laughs> like, oh, it's just formers. It's just, you know, selling toys to kids, whatever. I, I mean, the toys are a big part and they're important because, you know, it's very nice to, you know, to see a character on screen and also have it in your hand and know that this is that they didn't make the character that you're holding in imitation of the character on the screen. No, the other way around. They looked at the character you're holding and was like, let's bring him to life. Mm, mm. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, very often we kind of uh, look down on these uh, Toyetic 80s cartoons for that, but you make a good mm. argument for why that is uh, not, a, not a lesser act of creation. Absolutely. It's an, it's, an, it's an adaption. It's what we've been celebrating for the last three years. Man, so um, um, we are we are getting uh, we're getting over, but uh, let's see, we're getting yeah, to the end. This is gonna I be think. an extra long one. Yeah, let's see. They're, they have a big fight, and yeah, there is a big fight, and you see Unicron get sick of Galatron and just pick him up and swallow him like a vitamin. <laughs> Owned. <laughs> so uh, there's an. So there's, yeah, a big fight in space with the Autobots all swarming around Unicron like, ti like tiny fruit flies, and he can barely do anything to them until they take the, the junkie on ship and go right through his eyeball. Yeah, we get to see some insides of a Unicron here. Yeah, we get to see all these different kinds of structures that are part of him, these antibodies that are like snapping whips yeah and, and uh hot rod ends up sort of uh tumbling down down the throat and sort of getting stuck on a spike and i'm just like imagining unicron being like <coughs> oh that's spicy it's hot <laughs> but they ultimately do defeat unicron by yes they do defeat unicron because so what happens is uh, Hot Rod and Galvatron finally have it out inside Unicron's stomach, and Hot Rod manages to get his hands on the Matrix that Galvatron is holding, and suddenly it flares to life, and he hears Optimus Prime's voice saying, Arise, Rodimus Prime. He's like, what a dumb name! <laughs> Man, it's very, again, very, uh, very Greek mythy here, you know? Yeah, um, is uh, it, it almost it's 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 uh, wow. Um, yeah. And the Matrix did nothing to change Ultra Magnus, but Hot Rod holds onto it and finds his body, you know, not just transforming, but, you know, completely changing. 
as he becomes a larger and stronger version of himself. And instead, and when he transforms, he doesn't turn into a sports car anymore. Now he turns into a Winnebago with flames. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, well, when Optimus Prime gave uh, Ultra Magnus the, the thing, the Matrix. Yeah, the Matrix, yeah. He uh-huh. did say... Like something like one will rise or there will be one. Yes. And yeah. um, it, it, and then he fumbles it and drops it. And Hot Rod is the one who catches it. And it shines in his hand for just a moment. So it's a good question. Was that the Matrix saying, this is the one I choose? Or the Matrix saying, oh, this is this is the new one. Now it won't open for anyone else. Oh, yeah. That's a good question, actually. Um, whether is the Matrix, it gets, is the Matrix... I mean, who who really cho- chose chooses? Is it, is it Optimus Prime or does the Matrix choose? You know. Well, the Matrix is itself the concentrated wisdom of past Autobot leaders. Mm. So, well, so in future stories, Hot Rod gets to talk to Optimus again by sort of communing with the Matrix and Autobot leaders who came before, like Sentinel Prime and Prime Nova. Jeez. Um... This, this is uh this is getting really heavy yeah <laughs> well, so I don't know if I've made you a transformers convert yet but you can see why I'm into it <laughs> I mean I can I can definitely see there's a lot more there than than I than meets the eye whoa whoa <laughs> you're <laughs> totally the dude mind blown <laughs> well you know robots in disguise (laughs) so yes uh now with the with the strength of rodimus prime he he grabs galvatron and literally hurls him out of unicron's body it's like man imagine getting shot from inside and having a bullet shoot out of your stomach oh my god from a gun you'd swallow ouch (laughs) that's why he shouldn't shouldn't need a gun yeah important safety tip thanks egon yeah (laughs) (laughs) but so so now so hot rod puts his fingers into these slots on the on the matrix that no one had ever really noticed before you know and the joke among the fans is oh it's got a childproof cap no one only the youngest autobot can open it (laughs) yeah it was kind of uh the whole uh this whole movie like galvatron keeps trying to open that it does not work for him. Um, I wanted him to have like a bone and be bonking at it. <laughs> it made, I kept, the whole time I thought it looked like when you go to, you know, when you go to the store and they have those anti-theft devices on the, on the razors, <laughs> you know, that you yeah. have to go to the front and they like put the little key in it. That's what it looked like. <laughs> so he opens it up and the blue crystal inside starts rocketing around all over the place like a pinball and now unicron is really afraid that's it's basically the equivalent of the gnome king swallowing an egg so and you see him you see from outside unicron is you know clawing at himself in horror and actually rips his own leg off trying to get the thing out of him jeez <laughs> well they go hard in this yes oh and along this way uh, Daniel, we haven't talked much about him, but there's a scene where he gets to try on something called an exosuit, which is 
I guess it's something that the humans developed so they could work alongside of Transformers. It's this kind of astronaut suit that has a lot of different functions built in, including the ability to transform. So now, yeah, you can be a Transformer too. I was like, I want one! (laughs) (laughs) I mean, uh, did they sell that? Uh, they sell a toy version. They don't actually sell the uh, actual exosuit. When they do, I'll be first in line. I mean, I guess um, I guess it would be a, a high-end uh, yes, toy. A very high-end toy, right up there with, you know, uh, a Power Wheels. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, they do have that bit where, where they're going to drop, like, is it um, Spark? Yeah, we see... Uh, oh, Spike. Yeah. 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 We see the actual digestive system of Unicron and Daniel finds his way to where these robots are being dropped into this pool of melted purple guck and they're, and they're dissolving and screaming. Again, this movie goes really hard. Yeah. Uh, luckily. And he looks up and sees his father about to be dropped into it. And he's fumbling helplessly with his uh, stuff, with his arms and then it looks like his arms snap clean off. It's kind of weird. <laughs> but he manages to knock down the lid on this vat of acid and save his father's life. And in the process, save Bumblebee, who was right behind him. I mean, that's good. Uh, there are a yeah. lot of other uh, robots who got melted, but they were all, you know, they're all one. We don't know them, so it's yeah. fine. High then die characters, as we say. So, yeah, yeah. But yeah, the uh, Rodimus... Uh, manages to rally all the troops together and they blast out through Unicron's other eye, adding injury to insult. <laughs> yeah. And you hear uh, Orson Welles saying, my destiny, you cannot destroy my destiny as his head blasts <laughs> off and the rest of him explodes. <laughs> um, which leads to the very last shot of the movie, which is even though Unicron ate the two moons of Cybertron, it has a new moon. Unicron's screaming head. <laughs> oh, it's great. It's just, this is so much fun. Um, there's, you know, there, there's a lot of fun little moments in this. Again, it's, 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 uh, it's unfortunate that like, it could have used a second draft. Yeah. Well, this is the second draft. There are a bunch of different drafts. There was there was one I read that felt a lot more like a Michael Bay story. It had a lot more the of the uh, U.S. military getting involved. Oh, and, you know, it was just boring. Yeah. Well, nobody. Yeah, they keep doing that shit. It's like nobody wants to see that. We want the big nobody, robots. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. See, now you've gone from, we don't want the robots. We want dinosaurs to, we don't want humans. We want the robots. I mean, you know, I can't think, I can't think of anything worse than if it was humans, you know? Yeah. Cause it's like, why, why it's a cartoon. So we get those, we get humans in real life. Um, but, uh, there's a bit though, towards the end where something happens. I can't remember if it's in the, the, the climax or the denouement where, Hot Rod says something to like a cup was like, you ever just remind you of anything? And cups like, I've never seen anything like this before. <laughs> That's a good payoff. Yeah. 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 It's nice. Cause after, you know, it, after the whole movie, we got like that to, to, um, so, um, 
but then yeah so so cybertron is saved uh unicron is defeated and uh all is right with the world except that like yep. you know except that everyone's dead <laughs> everyone that you've yep. come to know and love they're all dead uh, the whole you know the whole cast of the original show is pretty much dead except for a few lucky ones who made it out like uh you know, Blaster and Perceptor survived, and Bumblebee and Jazz survived, and the Dinobots, and that's about it. Yeah. Um, that's funny that they were like, look, Scatman Crothers, we can't kill him because, you know, he, he died in real life, and that'd be bad. But it's like, but, well, he's dead. You're not going to be able to have him on the show anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, did they recast Jazz, or did Jazz retire Jazz? No. Uh, okay, there, there was a... The voice director for Transformers is a guy named Wally Burr. You, you might remember that I brought him up when we were talking to Buzz. Mm -hmm. uh, Wally Burr was known for if somebody couldn't work, he'd do it. So there are a couple of episodes where, because Scatman's Crothers' voice was starting to fail due to his cancer, Wally Burr does his voice. But he doesn't do it as an impression of of uh scat and crothers he just does kind of a normal bassy voice like this oh I interesting did they explain why is in the show why his voice is different or nope hmm. never do okay well you know they can transform their bodies they can transform their voices too yeah i'm sure in the in some shows they even explain how they they change colors via holograms across their bodies so oh wow you know it's funny that like for a show that is, um, again, it's just like, um, uh, Hey kids, buy the toy. <laughs> yeah. It's like, tr it's your trash for kids, whatever. We don't care. Put it on the screen. Uh, the kids will buy it. They do put a, uh, they do seem to like put a ridiculous amount of effort into explaining things after the fact you know yeah like very much so they're like, oh throw it up on the screen well now we got to explain it um <laughs> which you know um honestly from what you said it's like a lot of these are better explanations than you usually get from like you know these uh these post hoc um oh gotta gotta you know figure it out yeah. what's going on yeah so. there's yeah transformers never never uh defaults to a wizard did it yeah so. all right well you know I'll, I'll give them credit for that i would still prefer if they were dinosaurs instead of uh, yes. robots but you know um i i see um I, I see why they they have such appeal you know there's a lot to dig into um and, uh, and there are so many ways you can vary it that uh, they that still haven't been touched on. I mean, it was 10 years later in 1996 when, you know, Transformers had been really spinning its wheels ho ho, for a while. And uh, then someone was like, hey, we should make them like the Giver. <laughs> but the Giver doesn't look like any vehicle. It does look like an animal. Let's make him turn into, turn into animals instead. And that was the genesis of Beast Wars. And that was a huge huge 180 from everything they had done before but it was a huge hit hmm. and the cartoon had even more love put into it by uh by people who had now either worked with transformers before or grown up with it so so you know transformers transforms it wow. changes and changes so uh out of morbid curiosity uh, ethan i don't think you have have you ever seen any of the michael bay transformer movies I, yes, I've seen all of them. Okay. Um, now I get the impression you're not a big fan. Um, I, I've, I, 
I saw the first one and I was kind I kind of had that like for about a day I was like, no, I liked it. No, I liked it. I, I it's okay. It's a, it's a solid C+. Plus. <laughs> no, they're no. I don't recommend any of them, honestly. Mm, yeah, I was going to say, it sounds like you had the same reaction to it as I had to the Lady Ghostbusters, where I was mm. like, yeah, it was, it was okay, it was okay. And then after like a few days, I was like, wait a minute, that's terrible. I did not like that at all. Because I'm no, the funny thing about the Lady Ghostbusters is that I had that reaction the first time I watched it, mm-hmm. and I was like, eh, this isn't so great. But then my brother wanted to see it, so I watched it again, and now that my I didn't have the same expectations, I fucking loved it. Wow. Um, well, I'll say this. I, I, um, I haven't watched it a second time, so maybe mm-hmm. I would be different now. But like the first time, I was just kind of like, you know, I, I really I went in really wanting to like it. I'm a huge Ghostbusters yeah. fan. The old, you know, the the original 1984. A huge fan of Ghostbusters, a huge fan of women. What could yeah. go wrong? Yeah, exactly. I like both of those things. Um, and I, I, you know, the unfortunate Lady Ghostbusters is so fraught because it's become this weird culture war issue that you know. Yeah, it's it's one of those things that you don't feel like you can. You're safe to say you don't like it because you know you feel like you know somebody with a with a you know, 1488 tattoo is going to lean against your window going, yes, <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly that. Um, so, but anyway, uh, but sorry, getting back to the Michael Bay, uh, transformer movies. Um, I'm just curious because I have seen the first one of those and, and mm-hmm. none of the others. I saw it on a plane and I just remember being like, yeah, this not very good. Um, do any of them, cause there's so many, bonkers weird interesting ideas in this movie 1986 transformers and from what you've explained the transformers franchise and comics and cartoons in general and i just got the impression from watching the first michael bay movie that it was like giant robots also the american military and so i'm wondering do the michael bay movies draw on any of this stuff like the Michael Bay movies are sort of okay. We talked about it's sort of like Slumberland, where it uses some of the same names and the very basic concept of robots that turn into things. But for the most part, it's just sort of it. Uh, it's it's so hard to it's so hard to gel it with you know, what I love about Transformers because nothing I love about Transformers is there. Mm, mm. Um, I mean, it does seem like, again, having only seen the first one, it's like most yeah. Amer- It's like most action movies now where it's like, okay, look, they're funded by the U.S. military. So basically these are just commercials for the U.S. military and whatever beloved character is it's ostensibly about is kind of along for the ride, you know? Yeah, basically they create... They create a new robot and then they find a character who very vaguely could be associated with it and slap their name on. Yeah. Like, okay, you remember the guy in the Division of the Dinobots where there's a scene where Megatron seems to be gesturing for the others to leave. And then we see that it's actually a hologram being being cast by this green guy who turns into a Jeep. Mm -hmm. His name is Hound. Now, in the fourth 
Michael Bay movie, we meet Hound, and he is a swaggering soldier who kicks ass and takes scalps, as he says, voiced by John Goodman, who smokes a cigar and never uses a hologram at all. That's the original. (laughs) That's nothing like the original Hound. Hound was a a nature boy who loved Earth and, and secretly wanted to be human. Yeah, I mean, I see what you said. They're just basically like, all right, slap you know, a name on. He turns into the same thing, and he's green. You know, that's good enough, right? And but, however, that same movie has my single favorite moment in all of the Michael Bay movies, which is when uh, Marky Mark, the human of the of the day, has he has discovered a wrecked truck that turns out to actually be a comatose Optimus Prime, and he's helping to fix him, and. He's he's pulling something out of his body and says, uh, "Well, you're lucky. This mis- this missile came really close to your power source or whatever that is." And Optimus says, "Oh, we call it a spark. It contains our personalities and our memories." And there's a quiet moment as Marky Mark looks at, up at him and back down at the spark and goes, "Well, we call that a soul." And that's a really good moment that you just don't get any more of. <laughs> Yeah, well, uh, I do. They do have that bit though, where a transformer pees on John Turturro. Yes, and the scene where uh, I think it's also a John Turturro again, and he's underneath the swinging testicles of a uh, di- of a Constructicon creation, <laughs> and also in that again in that same movie, we finally see Grimlock after four movies. He has no lines. He's green. And Optimus rides him. Oh. And it's like, did you did you confuse Grimlock with Yoshi? <laughs> <laughs> the big thing I remember about Michael Bay, um, having seen from the first Transformers, is he really thinks black people are funny. Oh boy. Oh the, he thinks black people are hilarious. He thinks he thinks uh, Indian people talk so funny. Yeah, it's it's um those movies are a little bit problematic. You know, yeah, um, uh, I would like to say that uh, we don't know what happened to Sparkplug in the Transformers movie. But if he's anything like Sam Witwicky's dad, I hope he died in pain and agony. <laughs> oh, yeah. Isn't Sam? Isn't who's in that? Is that guy? Isn't it? What's his name? Uh, uh, that guy. Uh, was he the voice of? Wreck-It Ralph, or am I thinking of someone else? Oh, John C. Riley. I thought it was played by the guy uh, Eugene Levy, actually. No, not Eugene Levy. No, not uh, not Sam's dad. Or I don't know. Let's let's check the incredible source of everything you'd ever need to know about Transformers, the Transformers Wiki. That's very Wiki. useful. I looked at that a lot over the last uh, couple days. Yes, it's very handy, and you can tell that Transformers fans are very dedicated in their research. And, okay, nope, no Eugene Levy showing up here, so... uh, Hmm. Let's see. Let's look for the Witwicky family. Um, Oh, oh, Ron and Judy Witwicky, played uh, played by Julie White. And uh, Kevin Dunn. Is that the one you were thinking of? Oh, probably. Yeah, I don't 
I don't know anything about them apart from that I hate them. <laughs> yeah, they kind of suck. <laughs> and so, I mean, there is, you know, there's a lot to love about Transformers, but as we can see, there's a lot to hate about it, too. <laughs> yeah. Man, you know, I just realized, because I'm, I'm looking up uh, Transformers the movie, uh, mm -hmm. according to Wikipedia, it got lost in an already crowded summer lineup. And when you look at some of the movies that came out that summer, what a great year for film. Because you're getting... Oh, well, what else? Short Circuit, uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Labyrinth, Big Trouble in Little China, The Karate Kid Part 2, Aliens, Howard the Duck, Stand By Me, Flight of the Navigator, and The Fly. And it's like, wow. Many of those are my some of my all-time favorites. Yeah, it was like, my God, that summer, you have spoiled for choice. Like... These movies all fucking rule, except maybe Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I, I mean, it's okay. Um, but yes, uh, the others all Stone Cold classics, and I and I yes. include Howard the Duck in that. <laughs> love that movie. Um, yes, but I I love Howard the Duck too. I used to I used to watch it all the time. Labyrinth is one of my all time favorites. Flight of the Navigator. That was a great year for kids kids movies. So my. I, I can't believe that Labyrinth and uh, Transformers came out the same year. I, f I felt like I was already a longtime Labyrinth fan by that time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe it's just maybe it's just the way that time is so expanded when you're a child because you've experienced so so many fewer days. That's true. I mean, you know, um, it's it's um, it's weird because looking at all these films and I realize I saw Fly the Navigator in the theater, but none of these other ones. I didn't even know that they existed at that point. Um, I don't, I saw very few movies in the theater at that time. I, I think one of the first movies I saw in theaters was Harry and the Hendersons. Oh, wow. Um, I remember that movie. I saw it on video, but I remember like desperately wanting to see it for some reason, you know, I don't know. That was a, that was just, it was for some reason I was like, I gotta see this Bigfoot movie. Um, yeah. and then ultimately I think I was like, oh, eh, it's okay. It's okay. Um, I was also the same thing for Little Shop of Horrors. I remember just being like, I need to see this movie about this man-eating plant. And the weird thing is I remember seeing it and being like, wait, the plant is the bad guy? <laughs> I, I, I don't know I why I didn't think the man-eating plant would be the bad guy. I was... <laughs> well, I mean, it shows how, you know, how disconnected you are from childhood, you know, from humanhood as a child. You know, I would, you know, I would give... I would have given up my humanity to be an Autobot or a man-eating plant or whatever in a heartbeat. I mean, yeah, that's true. Uh, you know, when you're a kid and it's like, um, oh, it's like you can be, if they said, hey, you know, you could be a dinosaur. I'd be like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so fuck me up, fam. Um, yeah. Now the fucking Republicans are passing laws that you can't be a furry. Fuck them. Um, because they're basically passing laws that you can't be a woman. I mean that too. I mean, I, I it's it sounds like I'm being um, you know a little glib when I say they're passing laws against furry. They are. Um, they literally are. They really are. Well, because well, maybe they haven't passed it yet. Oh, well, they're, they're they're proposing. They're proposing. Them. I mean, it's obvious that they're like they are very very stupid and evil, and they're just like okay, we're trying to hurt queer people. Uh, th this is a thing, right? Okay. There we go. We'll stick that into, um, but yeah, they are passing. Yeah. Laws where you, yeah, you don't, don't be a woman either at all. You know, cis or trans, it's going to be bad. Yeah. 
it's gonna be bad forever gonna be bad for most of us going forward but um i mean as as uh as a young fan rediscovering transformers on the internet and transformers fandom there used to be a lot of arguments over whether the decepticons were truly evil and some people would argue that there was no such thing as real evil there was only different different uh opinions but no, I don't think the Decepticons are as evil as quite a few humans. No, no. I mean, at least I'll say this. The Decepticons, um, most of their evil is just extreme self-interest, you know? Um, whereas a yeah, lot of humans, they don't, yeah. They don't give a shit about humans, but they don't go out of their way to hurt humans either. Yeah. And and generally, they all they want is to drain... Uh, earth of its fossil fuels and get back to cybertron and you know if there would probably be a lot of you know human cost there but we'd kind of be better off without our fossil fuels after we (laughs) (laughs) yeah when you think about it they're just trying to save us from ourselves yeah you know again yeah there would we would if they if they made a deal with us to share some of their advanced technology so we could power our our current uh, population without the fossil fuels, then we'd be like, okay, sure, it, give us the secret of energon cubes. Well, we would, but I but the people in charge of our country would be like, no, you're, the the tr- the Decepticons are trying to take away our gas stoves now and our fossil fuels. <laughs> oh, these woke Decepticons don't trust them. <laughs> Oh my God! All right, we. Uh, I'm sorry. Let, before we get too political, uh, we're, we're going to lose our entire fan base of people who you haven't figured out by now <laughs> after 138 episodes or whatever. Well, well, I don't, I don't know. I won. I was wondering if maybe this would uh, get us a new, uh, a new audience because you know Transformers is pretty popular. But, that that uh, is true. That is true. Well, you know, not that not that I expect this to be our new sin fest, but. <laughs> um well we'll see we'll see if uh people like transformers and they like the transforming so uh, okay yeah uh anything else we should say about transformers the movie 1986 uh uh did you uh oh retgar has a girlfriend and her name is nancy Oh really? I didn't notice that. <laughs> yeah, she 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 sits next to him and he addresses her as Nancy and I. They're doing a terrible Re- Reagan impression. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, is that actually in the movie? Oh, it's not in the movie. No, you see it later stuff. Just I was just throwing in a little detail. <laughs> oh well, you know I'm glad I'm glad. Good for them. Yes. <laughs> Well, um, thanks for joining us for uh, this this deep dive into Transformers. Yes, and I'll enjoy watching my decapitated head circle the earth forever. (laughs) 